Are dents and scratches putting a dent in your day? Introducing Rogerstein Crash Repairs Adelaide, your trusted solution for automotive woes. With over two decades of expertise, Rogerstein Crash Repairs guarantees top-notch service, restoring your vehicle to its former glory in no time. From minor dings to major collisions, our skilled technicians handle it all with precision and care using state-of-the-art equipment and techniques. Rogerstein Crash Repairs saved my car. It looks brand new. Fast, friendly and reliable. I wouldn't trust anyone else with my vehicle. Don't let accidents slow you down. Visit Rogerstein Crash Repairs Adelaide at 14 Penner Avenue, Glind for quality service you can count on. And here's a special offer just for our listeners. Mention this podcast and receive a $100 discount on your repair. Roger Steen Crash Repairs Adelaide. Excellence in every repair. Previously, Previously. on the Game On Podcast. Fair enough. And then obviously we alluded before that uh, you got your chance to come back to Norwood and you held that position until 1995. Uh, some memories there? Yeah, yeah. I have, once again, I have very fond memories of of that time. I think it was five years I was at Norwood. Um, the first two or three were really tough years because um, I think it was that was the same time. I think 90... I started in 1991, I think, 91, yep, yep. 92. Yeah, 91. Start of the, start of the uh, Crows. And I reckon that was the first that. year of the Crows. Yep, yep. Um, and so there was, there was um, you know, there was, it was an interesting time because there were, there were a lot of players taken from the SANFL clubs, you know, to, to play for the Crows just the way it was set up. Um, and then, you know, the, those guys that, that didn't play for the Crows would come back to the club. Um, and I was a young coach. I was a young, aggressive coach. I was a black and white coach in terms yeah. of my thinking. Yeah. Um, you know, so there was a there was there was a fair bit of anxiety created between the Norwood Football Club and and the Adelaide Football Club, and then probably most of my doing. Um, so that was that was a good learning process, and I think when I when I first went to Norwood as a senior coach, they hadn't been out of the finals for twenty two years or something like that. Um, and in my first my first two years, uh, we missed the final. So, yeah. you know, with players, you know, going to the Adelaide Football Club and back and forth, we missed the final. So it was a tough period from coaching. And I, I was a very well, – I hadn't had any experience as coach. So in a lot of ways, like, I'm, I'm flying by the seat of my pants. But once again, to, to the credit of, of Wally Miller and the support that he gave me, uh, and the encouragement to keep going and to make some to make some errors, uh, but to sort of to be myself, if you like. Um, we eventually sort of uh, regrouped. Uh, I think we played in the, played grand, the grand final, final in '93 against West uh, West Woodville West Torrens, yeah, and we got a bit of a touch up. Sportscast SA presents Game On. Game On. South Australia's destination for everything sports. Local, national, and international sports. AFL football, soccer, basketball, golf, baseball, tennis, cricket, and any other sports played in this wide world. And we're going to have a blast doing it. 
So sit back, relax, and let's do this thing. Welcome to Game On. Welcome to Game On. My name's Pete. Once again, joined by Malcolm and uh, Neil Craig, part two last week. Uh, just reflecting on his time at, at arriving at Norwood and obviously the intricacies with the Crows coming into the AFL made it a little bit tougher on some of the SNFL clubs. Yeah, and give Craig his due. At least he admits he stuffed up. You know, there was a few players too where Craig admitted he was too sort of pig-headed and that, and Matty Robberen and uh, Rodney Mayne had setting on the bench one game at Footy Park, mm-hmm. both of them going, what the hell what yep. have we done sort of thing. And, yeah, so that, yeah, Spoken obviously privately with Neil as well, and he admits he made mistakes. And yeah, we all do. Things happen. We all do. Um, we thank Neil for his time for part two and part three coming up later in today's episode. Yeah, well, what's a long interview, and yeah, we greatly appreciate Craigie for for that. Around the grounds. Buckingham. Oh, Buckingham gets a wicket and all the Kawaja is out. The Redbacks win. You cannot believe it. You couldn't write a better script here. The Redbacks have come from the dead. They've come back and they've won this game by three runs. Didn't deserve to get out or be the last player out in this innings. And they just jagged back. I don't know whether they got an inside edge on that, though, but it hit the leg stump. Mate, we uh, kick off around the grounds today with the Redbacks pulling off the impossible. We did talk last week uh, during our episode that we didn't think uh, the Redbacks had any chance uh, with Kawaja going the way that he did. And then we finished our uh, our episode. We sat back and watched a little bit and miracles do happen. It's quite amusing that I've, to- I've teed off when they're three for 190 odd and yeah, you've 70 odd to win, you know, they're cruising and pretty disappointing. And all of a sudden, we get when we were recording, uh, McSweeney took two wickets yes. in that over. And hang on, we're back in this and and that. And then it was another wicket just as I left. And then dry, driving to pick my son up from his work and uh, pulled over a couple of times to check the yes. score. Did the right thing. I did emphasize that. I did pull over. Yep. So they were nine for us. I got to pick him up and uh, he was running late. And let's say there may have been a little bit of celebration in the Parrot Hills Woolworths car park <laughs> the, the last wicket. So, yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I just remember getting your message going, what have we done? We've yeah. uh, written them off. Yeah. Uh, and I did sort of reply back that uh, it's amazing how miracles do happen. Yes. So well done to the Redbacks, obviously, amusing. in uh, winning the um, Sheffield Shield against Queensland up there. and. Absolute beautiful last ball there to, to get Kawaja. It, it nipped back beautifully, yeah. didn't it? And uh, Jordan Buckingham, I'm not sure if he's finished running yet for his celebrations. He, he may have jogged the whole way over to Perth for the Shield game uh, in WA currently, which we haven't started well in. So, no. Yes. Uh, we're currently 2 for 23 yeah. or 21. Yeah. Um, at the moment, uh, Hunt out for five and Drew out for five as well. So. Yeah. We just need those other players to get past five at the moment yes. and we might be half a chance. But uh, Western Australia won the toss and elected to bowl. Yeah, always so strong over there too. A- absolutely, and we have talked about that previously. We'll move on. Yep. The Redbacks, uh, obviously, was our opening remarks. we yep. move on to the World Cup. Uh, some crucial semi-finals coming up, India v New Zealand. Yeah, that tonight. So India obviously start favourite um, and that. And then 
the following night, South Australia, South Africa, and there's poor weather predicted with a cyclone, but mm-hmm. there is a reserve day. So um, that game may occur over two yep. days. So yep. um, no. hopefully there'll still be game play because if they don't play at all, South Africa go through. So. Uh, obviously, the backup day was there just in case something did happen. I did hear that this morning on, on uh, Breakfast Radio yep. talking about it. Um, is there any chance of a change of venue for? Not at this late no. stage. No, no, it's too late now. Not fair call. Uh, who are you tipping, mate? Uh, Eng- uh, India or uh, New Zealand? Oh, I'll certainly be barracking for New Zealand, but no, you got to tip India. They've just demoralised everyone in the con- in the, the whole tournament so far, and you know, they're bowling with Bumrah and and then Jadeja. This, you know, um, Sammy's had a very good tournament, so that they're bowling it. Yeah, you know, they they seem to have a bit more depth than everyone else, mm-hmm. but. As we know, knockout finals. Anything can happen. Can happen. Yep. Uh, and Australia v South Africa, what what are your thoughts there? Who's who's the player that could come in and could go out? For me, it's probably Stoinis goes out. Yeah, I think so. Um, and um, uh, Mitch, not Mitch Marshall. Um, Maxwell Maxwell comes, back, comes in. back in. Yeah, he's only and look, Stoinis has only bowled nineteen overs in the tournament, so. You know, Maxwell's going to bowl. Mm-hmm. He's ten, so yeah, I would think it'll be Stoinis and Zampa, obviously leading the wicket wicket takers, which is something that uh, I hadn't really kept an eye on throughout yeah. the tournament, and then obviously got reminded of it today. Yeah, he's you know started slowly, but he's been pretty consistent after the third third game. He's been twos and threefers and bowling reasonably economically too. So he's a pretty important bowler. Which is exactly what you want over in India. Yeah. All right, we move on from cricket. We'll go to the AFL. Uh, Adelaide and Port Adelaide look like they're going to stick with their original draft picks at this stage. I know we've got a few days to go. Yeah, I take that still with a grain of salt at the moment because they can still swap on draft night. Look, I hope Adelaide don't take anything, and I've been very vocal. I'm very much hoping that Adelaide pick Taylor Goad. He's yep. my... Big wish out of this draft. Bit, a bit of a smoky that uh, could come come through. I'm a bit with you as well, but yeah, I'm, I'm I sort of agree that I don't think that they need to change too much at the moment. Not to move up one or two spots. Uh, I don't you see give the away point. Too, you, you give away yeah, too much. Yeah, you're giving away a selection. Yep. So yeah, I, I think it'd be crazy. Yep. Thursday night footy uh, for the first 14 rounds has been put on the agenda by the new chief executive officer. Great for TV. Mm-hmm. Not so great. Um, you know, for the stay of the home game, especially for country people. Yep. So I do get the beef on that side of it, but in terms of a spectator, nothing better than a Thursday night. You know, you're either you know, could be at the pub or at the cricket club, yep. bowling club, whatever, yep. and there's footy going on in the back. Footy, footy training great. between so, yeah. uh, five and seven yeah. and then sit then back the and game. have a meal and watch the game. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, Adelaide looked like they the, the, the drawer is going to be fully released tomorrow, but we're hearing that it looks like Adelaide are going to be reasonably good winners out of this new um, draw based on, obviously, the result of last year and the negotiations that have happened in the background. doesn't look like they're going to have to travel too much to Darwin or... Um, um, down to the Bulldogs. Ballarat. Ballarat. Yeah. Um, yeah, so look, let's just wait and see when we see it. You know, look, ideally, it'd actually be a 17-round season. You'd play each other once. <laughs> it would be fairer, but obviously we don't want to miss out on six weeks of footy. So, I've yeah. uh, I've actually got that uh, a little bit of a, a scenario that I'll go through. It does take a little bit of time, so we won't worry yep. about it today, about how we could possibly even up the draw a little bit more to um, – 
to sort of make it a little bit more even with a home and away yeah. type fixture. But we'll, we'll talk about it at a later yep, date because this is a huge episode we've got to get through today. Um, the opening round fixture has been named the opening round. Yep. Um, with all four matches being played on the East Coast, obviously up in Brisbane. Yes, to try and take advantage of NRL being in Las Vegas. I, look, I see the, the logic behind it. Um, some people are carrying on like pork chops about it. Mm-hmm. Oh, how dare they knock the games of Victoria? And you know, look, let's see the whole picture. Mm-hmm. Um, is a chance, therefore, to really drive the bus and hopefully get a good crowd for a GWS game especially. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a Gold Coast game, Richmond, Richmond Gold Coast, a lot of lot of you know lot of flavour there, yes. and so you'd think that'd be a sellout as well. So I I I think it's um big tick. It's, for- it's proactive, yep. Le- and let's at least applaud you know, proactive behaviour. So. Absolutely, uh, we'll go through some of those matches very quickly. Sydney and Melbourne, that one's juicy for all sorts of reasons, yeah. especially around Grundy, uh, Brisbane and Carlton. Obviously, the uh, prelim, prelim. Um, rematch. So yes, there's going to be some interest there. Gold Coast and Richmond, obviously Hardwick. Yep. Um, and then GWS and Collingwood, you really couldn't ask for a better opening round. Oh, I think it's a great idea. Um, that, and obviously though. all the other teams have got buyers, which then allows for certain buyers throughout the season to uh, occur. And, yeah, you're right. They have been proactive and have taken the advantage uh, away from the NRL. And you look at the NRL crowds v the uh, AFL crowds, it's a really good opportunity yeah, to capture capture the extra crowd. It's only a rumour too that Richmond are going to get Mrs. the original Mrs. Hardwick in the coaching box for that game to right. add an even more of a flavour. <laughs> All right, we'll leave that one there. Yes. Um, Just a joke. The, yeah, of course, Gather Round was announced yep. as well as part of it, – it's amazing. There's absolutely no footy on TV at the moment apart from the AFLW, and yet here we are t- still talking about AFL mid-November, late November. AFL's a media machine and they basically want footy to be the number one topic in you know, Aussie rules footy at mm-hmm. AFL level. Um don't so I didn't say AFL. A few people who are correctly crack a bugbear that it's not AFL, it's Aussie rules footy. Yep. And I totally agree with that. Yep. Um yeah, they want it three hundred and sixty six days of the year. Absolutely. You know? And you showed the AFL their worst one was when they released that thing at seven o'clock in the morning when the Socceroos were yep. playing. Like that was pathetic. Some interesting games there. Adelaide v Melbourne on the Thursday night yep. to open open it up. Uh, Port Adelaide v Essendon uh, on the Friday night. So yep. a couple of big nights there for for the Crows and the Power. Um, two games at Norwood. Yes, yeah. Uh, we have had a bit of banter online on our Facebook page. Uh, with some people sort of saying why hasn't it been shared around to other venues. And we did sort of try to explain as we were going along that, you know, the infrastructure is not quite there. The AFL have some strict rules about what they can are, and can't do. So. There are a lot of stringent requirements of which Nord does does tick the box and a lot of clubs' grounds don't. It also is part of the location in terms of the parade, the the close proximity to then to Adelaide Oval, we're trying to get people to go to more ga- tour games and all that. It's it's also the lighting at Norwood is a big part of it. Mm-hmm. The number of seating under cover is part of it. There's other things as well. Yep. In the end, I thought Norwood would get one game. Yes. I was very 
a few people at Nord were more than confident that no, we were going to get two. Yep. And turned out to be correct. Yep, fair so. cool. Uh, obviously, Brisbane and North Melbourne do battle at Nord Oval, which is yeah. moving, obviously. They played each other last year. Yeah, at Mount Barker. At Mount Barker. It, it's funny that some of these teams didn't play against each other last year and gather around, and a couple uh, are going to. It's just the quirk of the draw, I'm assuming. Yeah, look, I, I think probably I am a little surprised that it's Richmond-St. Kilda at Nord. Mm-hmm. Um you know, I understand Hawthorne did actually ask to play again at Nord, so I'm surprised it's not Hawthorne. Yep. Yeah, and I, I'm a bit surprised on the two. Real, one real big club, okay, you're expecting that they're not going to be dominating the competition the next year. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that game will sell out very quickly. And I think all games will sell out. Yep. You only had to talk to people last year, and you know, which I did a lot yep. last year, and out and about and – End up talking to this guy from Victoria and he said, Yeah, hey, have a look at my phone, mate. And there was all these messages from people saying, Oh, geez, I wish I'd come over now. I'm definitely coming next year. Yep. And, and I really think that'll be the compounding effect. And yeah, I'll, I'll be very surprised if all games aren't aren't sold out. Yep. Well, they sold out pretty quickly last yeah. time, and I dare say they're going to uh, sell out pretty quickly again this year. Obviously, Mount Barker getting the Sydney West Coast and also the Gold Coast. Uh, Giants game as well. So, uh, again, smaller ground, looking for some interstate teams uh, to to play at those venues. So sort of understand that. And it sounds like uh, the government's already being pretty proactive for a a game in the Barossa next year at this stage. No, I think it'll happen. Trying to pick my words very carefully, Pete. I'll say maybe the clubs up there didn't help themselves with not being so with not being united and I'll leave it at that yep. on that one. Hey look, we did make mention a few times that you know the infrastructure has to be there not only yep. from the local government, the state government and the federal government to make these things happen and yeah. if one area gets tripped up then obviously uh, they all get tripped up. So anyway, we'll leave it there for the football as far as uh, the gather round goes. One last one, a bit of an observation that the Western Bulldogs are going through a bit of a review which is a bit weird considering that they have changed their complete coaching staff around uh, Luke Beveridge and now they're going to go through a review, review. It just, I don't know, just so, something about it doesn't doesn't sound yeah, right. Yeah, it's, it's a bit strange. I, I reckon something's going to come out, you'd expect. So let's wait and see. Uh, Nathan Burke, I think, today yes, uh, was, the, uh, was, was given his marching orders. Yes. Uh, yes. Very interesting that... You know, two days after they announced that they're going to have a review, he's the first one to uh, to hit the chopping block. Yeah, they did only win one game in the AFLW, so I'm not really surprised at that. Yep. So, yep. Yeah, that's okay. All right, we'll leave AFL, the men's game there for now. We'll move on to the AFLW and Adelaide, a bit of a narrow loss against Brisbane in an entertaining clash at the parade. Yeah, I actually thought Brisbane were the better side overall. Brisbane dominated the first quarter and a half. Adelaide then came back a bit. Then Adelaide actually got on top at the start of the third quarter but didn't didn't kick any goals. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, kept Brisbane in it. Um, I thought Brisbane Brisbane won in ruck and were, and were very quick. I, I thought Brisbane's pace was uh, really hurt. Yeah, really hurt Adelaide. Uh, Adelaide get a, a double chance for yeah. obviously being the minor premiers. They get another chance to play at Nord Oval this weekend yeah. against Sydney. Seven fifteen on Saturday night. Uh, I'll be I'll be at the parade on the scoreboard. Mm-hmm. So yeah, 
looking forward to it. Come and say hello. And just to finish off on the AFLW, six Crows players named in the All-Australian squad and Port Adelaide had two. Yeah, yeah. Ebenezer, Marinoff and Hatchard, Chelsea Biddle were reasonable. I think Caitlin Gould, I'm, I'm, I've got to be honest, I'm a little surprised and unfortunately she had a stinker on uh, Saturday. She couldn't have caught a cold and, mm-hmm. that, and that, so... Hopefully she'll rebound. Daniel Ponto's had a good year, mm-hmm. and so is Anima Kelly. That you know the Irish girl provides run, and she's a good player. Absolutely. Um, so there. So Sydney three, Hawthorne and Port with Je- Abby Doric and Gemma Houghton. So yeah, look. Um, Houghton's probably the big one for me from yeah. Port Adelaide that would yeah. probably make the squad. And um, I think Hatchard's had a fantastic year. Marinoff, we've talked about previously, gets a lot of the ball. And Ponta, I think Kelly's probably the big one for me that has taken the game a little bit by the scruff of the neck a few times. and Chessie really runs and carries. Yeah, found the ball easily. But actually uses the ball a bit more, and that's the big criticism of Marinoff and Hatchard. And Ebony's kicking was terrible again on the weekend, turned it over a few times and... See ball, get ball, gives you 100%, but I want to see a bit more improvement in it by now. Yep. You know, yeah. Something to work on over the over oh, the preseason. Think, but yeah, well, you, you would have thought there would have been, as I said, surely we're beyond the, oh, good try. Yep. We're talking the that it's been eight years of it now and, and so much. I really want to think there should be a bit more and spots at – and yeah, I'm picking on Ebony a bit. She's not on a Pat Malone on this one. Mm-hmm. Spots to run to and things yep. like that. I, I want to see a bit more improvement in that regard as well. I was a bit. Disapp- I'm disappointed that there hasn't been more of an improvement in some areas. Maybe uh, once the season's finished, we might be able to get Matty Clark on and not only have a chat about his career, but maybe his coaching yeah. and, and maybe some philosophies and ask him whether that's something that they're working towards with some of their top-end top players rather than the sea ball, get ball type, uh, type yeah, movement. So, they, are, they are. I have spoken yep. to many about it. Yep. Yeah. Anyway, we'll, yep. uh, we'll move on. All right, we're going to take a very, very quick break. Uh, when we come back, we're going to uh, have a look at the tennis. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit SNFL, a little bit on the uh, A-League soccer, and then past players, past legends. You're listening to the Game On Podcast. We'll be right back after this short break. We kick off with tennis. Uh, we did talk about the tennis a little bit last week in Australia. Needed to beat Kazakhstan, which they did. Um, but unfortunately, uh, in losing a couple of sets uh, and also one rubber as well, didn't quite get them through to the semi-final yeah. stage. So unfortunately, Australia's Billie Jean Cup campaign has come to an end. And also Alicia Mollick, uh, the South Australian, uh, yep. also the Australian coach for the uh, Fed Cup team or the uh, Billie Jean Cup team, announced her retirement from coaching the team and, and tennis um, after the event. Pretty incredible. I think if you'd all said, how many years has Alicia been coach? I don't think any of us would have guessed 10. Um, it's remarkable how time just keeps mm. going, you know, at times and gets away from us, so. Yeah. Uh, obviously, having Ash Barty at her disposal there for a yeah. few years um, certainly made her job a little bit easier. But um, I think she's really fostered this new wave of uh, Australian women's tennis through the hardest parts. Um, and it'll be interesting to see who does replace her as, yeah. as the top job. So we'll keep a bit of an eye on that anyway. All right, we move on to the SNFL. A bit of a boost in the SNFL salary cap, which is going to happen over the next three years. 
Yeah, so fifteen or grand a year, which does just helps a bit and probably helps us compete a little bit more against WA clubs and that for players. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's a step in the right direction. Obviously, like the AFL program, a lot of footy club spends was reduced during the COVID yeah. period. We're now starting to see the flow-on effects that we're somewhat returning to normal, um, and these type of salaries are starting to uh, inch their way back to where they were. Let's just say there'll be big news from an SANFL club to come th- come out this week in that sort of line of things. Yep, fair call. Can't wait to hear. Can't give it away now, can you? No, no fair call. All fair right. Not. Taylor Welsh moves to across from the Woodville West Torrens to the Crows Reserves side, obviously in preparation for a father-son draft uh, in 2024. While, while I understand that, I'm a, I'm a little bit surprised. I haven't seen any reaction whatsoever from Woodville West Torrens. And, geez, the kick and play, big time. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm, I'm a little surprised to grow up, you know, He's played at Woodville West Torrens all the junior years and that. Now, I get it. So he goes to Adelaide, so he's going to have a, at least a year in the system with the same rules and all that, which, you know, it's, that certainly affected Max Michael and his draft year where Max was school footy, nor juniors, played league. Yes. So many different bosses, and you saw him this year for Adelaide, all of a sudden one set of rules and a lot easier. So I get that side of it. Yep. And think that's a step in the right direction, but I'm a little bit surprised you lose your superstar junior for that year when he could have been playing, you know. So now, how do Woodville West Torrens people now are going to regard Tyler Welsh in the future? They're going to think of him as a Woodville West Torrens kid? Mm. Not really. We're at least this year, if he plays league, and he would have played probably 10 games overall in between the 18s commitments, and then the end, like, North Adelaide regard Connor Rosie. Yes, he played in a premiership side, and he dominated that 18s final series. Yes. Yeah, he's a rooster. Well, I don't think they're going to think along Tyler that regards. And so, yeah, I'm a little bit surprised. I have to agree with you. I can't disagree. And, but I, I'd I like think... to know more about it. Yep. I, I I admit I meant to give Woodville West, to give Dave Kuzner a ring and just ask for a little bit more info today. I will do that this week. Yep. Um, obviously, with the way that the AFL reserves are being set up, uh, potentially for the future, it is an opportunity to get somebody that you are – showing faith in in a father-son investment to come to the club a year earlier to get I, them involved in the program. I get that side. Yeah, so do I. I, yeah. I totally get that, and I get I get that he's probably better off being at Adelaide. I, so I understand the decision from the Welsh family, but I'm not comfortable not, yeah. in other ways. Yeah, fair so, call. Yeah. All right, we move on to soccer. Adelaide United, uh, looked like everything was going along all right there for United, and uh, they've conceded five goals in their loss to Sydney United. Bit of humour on this one, Pete. Happened to be with a former guest of the show, David Wildey, yes. at David Hamsey's 60th on uh, Saturday night. And standing with Wilds, and Wilds has gone, I'll give you a million if you predict the score between Adelaide and Sydney. And I'm thinking, right, it's a bizarre scoreline. Yep. It can't be a scoreline Adelaide's way yep. if that wouldn't be so. So I've gone Sydney up 4-0. And he's gone, geez, you were close, Malcolm, at 5-0. He said, geez, I'm nice and relieved yep. and all that. So, yeah, a bit of a laugh between us at that stage. But, yeah, it wasn't the old sack the coach reaction. We've all seen it happen so many times. Yep. And, yeah, so. Uh, Sydney United really came to town with uh, everything to play for and, Adelaide, again, Viet playing a lot of younger type players, you know, you, you lose a good one. 
Uh, Irukundu was out, obviously, with the red card yeah. suspension. Um, yeah, all right. He did make mention that, you know, he's only one 17-year-old player. They seem to come with the wrong attitude. So it looked like he identified that that was the, the problem right from the get-go. I have spoken with Mary, uh, yeah. who has been on the podcast yeah. before. and Her sentiments, exactly. They just didn't turn up to play and, and they got found out. Yeah, disappoint, very disappointing. Absolutely. And before we get off the um, uh, soccer, uh, Irukundu is definitely has been confirmed now that yes. uh, on a multi-million yeah. dollar deal for Bayer, ba- Bayer, Bayer Munich. Munich. Yeah, incredible, incredible results. I'm not sure uh, the detail, whether he plays out the year or when he goes. I think we'll all find that out in the next few days. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it's certainly, yeah, it's going to be virtually impossible to replace him. Absolutely, so. but yeah. uh, that transfer and some of that money, obviously, yeah. then gives Adelaide United a little bit of flexibility and full marks to Calviet for playing younger players yeah. and giving them an opportunity to uh, strut their stuff on the world stage. Uh, Adelaide United play Western United uh, on Sunday, the 26th of November at 4.30, so tune in for that one there, and good luck, and hopefully they can bounce back from yeah, the yeah. 5-1 Big time. Um, defeat. All right, let's take a very, very quick break. When we come back, we've got Neil Craig Part 3. Liking this podcast? Please like, rate, and subscribe. Past players. Past legends. Past legends. Well, you did make that point with interviewing you that you regretted not using Alan Stewart more. Yeah, yeah, I had well, I had Alan Stewart and and John Reed, but say John Reed was in a slightly different role, yeah. uh, and was very supportive. But I had, you know, in in hindsight, I mean, I had Alan Stewart just down the corridor, mm. um, you know, who had great experience, had a calmness about him, yes. had uh, wisdom about him, and once again, if I had my time again. I would utilise his skills and his services so much more because um, you get, as a head coach, there are times when you get so busy, your head's in the, like it's in the forest. Uh, it's just sometimes you need people who are one out, one back, just uh, being able to say, hey, 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 just, just, let's just think this through. Are you really sure about that decision that you're making or why are you doing that or the way you did that press conference or the way you spoke to that player, whatever, whatever. Um, so, you know, it's a throwaway line, Pete and uh, Malcolm. But we, everyone needs a coach. And I think Winnie, did, Winnie, Winnie helped Barmy a lot in that way as well. And yeah, just, okay. So, you know, the role to sort of and that's and it's become Barmy's Barmy strength. You know, was, uh, he, he's fantastic. And more about just taking a bit of pressure off the coach at times and just deflecting things and to stop footy for the coach being twenty four seven and. And literally twenty four seven that, you know, yeah, you let and and things do escape. You know, family relationships in that side yeah. of it do yeah. get away from you because it's so consuming. Yeah, so consuming, and uh, uh, you think there are times when you think you're the only person that can do the job uh, or a particular job. You know, which is not true. Which is not true. Um, and so it's you know the role now of a of a senior coach. Uh, and I and I only I've only ever seen it pretty much at, at, at either AFL level or international level, like the the pressure and the responsibility and the calibre that goes with the job is huge. And and you just need you just need one or two people around you 
who can just give you that balance in your thinking and 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 basically give you some feedback about what you're doing because it's you know because of the position and the chair you sit in um it's very difficult to get good feedback you know for someone to give feedback to the head coach so you need someone whose role is to do that and that's sort of been part of my role for for eddie jones that was part of my role with stewie jew um um you know and but the key thing for that to work of course is that the head coach in the case of say eddie jones for example uh he he wants that to happen it's not something that you you, you try and push on to the head coach because if yeah. you do that it's just a recipe for a disaster i know so, you also said it's again a fine line you speak glowingly of brendan bolton now without someone like you saying that people around the traps hey i'm a color have man no, have no idea I, craigie speaks yep you know, Neil's very open that Brendan Bolt's the best young coach he's been involved with. Now, that's not known around the footy traps, I don't reckon, in general, no. because it's because you judge win loss. Nah, he was hopeless. You know, it, it's yeah, it's yeah. garbage. So the the, the um, I, I would appoint I would appoint Brendan Bolt as a head coach tomorrow, mm-hmm. without any hesitation whatsoever. Um, now, and I'd have a good support around him. Yeah. Um, you know, but that's exactly what I've been talking about. Just as I, just as I'd have good support around a, a, a more experienced coach as well. But um, you know, once again, you seems like in Australia, uh, Malcolm and Peter, uh, is that once you once you you lose a position of a senior coach in Australia, there's an attitude that there's something wrong with you, and yeah. Uh, yeah. you know that you can't you can't do the job. Whereas overseas. Um, it nearly it nearly borders on the fact overseas, particularly in Europe and America, that unless you've actually had two or three different jobs, you won't get a job. Like it's they they it's want the people. Around. Who, yeah, yeah. It's it's nearly the opposite. Is that they look for people who've had the experience of uh, a degree of failure, have been in that environment, didn't work. What did you learn from it? So now, so you need to yeah. They they look for people who've got. Uh, you know what I call leadership limp, or a bit of leadership, or a senior coaching scar tissue, right? As this, as distinct from um, someone that's got to be new all the time. So it's just an attitude. It's a different attitude that uh, we have in Australia towards it. And you one, yeah. one question I had for you when when I did interview you for for my book, and, and I found it, it developed into a three quarter hour conversation between us, so we don't want to go that long on it, but where I found you, you were fascinating and probably well ahead of your time and all that is the mental health angle and what you, what the AFL could be doing for coaches and just and the whole mental health side of things because it's such a vital topic. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, it's huge. It's, uh, um, I mean, I, I, I call it, I mean, the, the, probably the common term at the moment is, you know, the, the way they talk, they talk about well-being, you know, um, uh, I, I tend to call it performance well-being because, um, you know, and I look back on my days some, some times at the Adelaide Footy Club where I was so tired um, and thought the best thing was to work harder and spend more time at it. Yeah. Uh, and, and in actual fact, it was just a spiral. You know, there were, there were probably times during my, my coaching times at Adelaide Footy Club, and I actually remember... Stephen Trigg telling me one day to go home and mm. and 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 saying to me that this is not the coach that we appointed right and I want the coach that we appointed now 
you go home and you work out what support you need from us because this this can't continue and you know it was and, and that's what i call real care from a from from your yeah. ceo is is that he recognized the change in my behavior um you know and by the workload the stress of the job um you know the the such is such a public sport particularly in adelaide you know with with uh, port adelaide and, and the crows yep. um so and it can be all consuming you know and uh and you've got and if if any of our players uh, get into that sort of situation immediately we we jump to their you know to their aid and make sure that they they get some balance back in their life and get some better recovery or whatever the case may be and yet for some reason we don't do that we won't do that with the coaches yeah we think it's a badge and we think it's a badge of honor as a coach yeah to work more as uh to to, to continue to, to to front up you know, no matter how tired you are um, you know, whatever, whatever, and it's just it's just a, such a, an unhealthy lifestyle to get into, uh, and it's irresponsible for you as a head coach to go into that space. Mm. So, you know, the the well being of of your coach, um, you know, is 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 a is a big responsibility of of the management of your footy club is to make sure that that's in a good place. Um, and not to not not to treat it as a badge of honour to be there at six in the morning and still there at seven at night, mm. um, you know, and trying to do more than you than you should be doing, and not delegating um, uh, is just crazy. It's yeah. just crazy, and it's irresponsible of the head coach, and it's irresponsible of clubs to allow that to happen. I think we sort of saw that play out a little bit with um, Simpson this year from the West Coast. Is that there were times where you could. You, you know, you could visibly see that he is just exhausted and really yeah. needed that 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 break. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you can, um, you know, and you, if if you watch a lot of footy and if you watch a lot, and if you watch a lot of the press conferences of of head coaches that you know after the game, um, and you're really observant, you can pick up in coaches. Yeah. You know, when they're not travelling that well. And it's just cliche um, city. They want to get out of there, and it's you can see they're exhausted. And last place they yeah, want to be. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, uh, and yet, and yet, it's it shouldn't be like that because you you've been appointed to do the job and do it really well, um, you know, and you, you sit in an interview in an interview and you and you express yourself about this is the way I'm going to go about it, uh, and so you basically you know you, you're selling you're selling your vision and and the way you're going to go about it. And so, and let's say a club says, "Okay, yeah, I, I like what I hear. That's that's exactly what we're after." And yet, when you get in the job, you allow it to take you in a different direction, and so you can't do the job. Yeah, yeah. And it, and that's why it's irresponsible to allow yourself to get into that space. That's where I'll put Craggy. So you need to you need to look after yourself, uh, just as you expect your players to do, and that's why that additional support, mentor slash whatever whatever you want to call it. Is is why I say if you know if I have my time again, that's why that position would be so important because yeah. that would help you maintain a balance in your thinking and what you're doing. And what are you doing now? Currently now, Neil. Well, I've uh, my contract with the with the Wallabies is finished. Yep. Um, so, but that was always going to be the case in terms of I've only ever been on contracts with um, with the when I was working with England with E Jones and also with the Wallabies this year. So. 
Uh, and of course, Eddie's Eddie's now finished with the Wallabies, yeah. so you know, um, uh, I won't I won't continue on with the Wallabies. I mean, I've, I was with the Wallabies only because Eddie wanted me there. Yep. Um, so it's not I'm not on staff or anything like yep. that. So yep. it's purely a, a, a contract consultancy job. So once again, you know, enormous experience. Um, so now I'm just I'm basically trying to to live what I just spoke about is trying to recover. Uh, get myself back healthy again, you know, in terms of fatigue, uh, fitness level, reintroduce myself back to my family, that type of thing. So a lot of Chris again. <laughs> yeah. So all that. Um, and then, um, then you know, I'm sure something will come up where it'll, um, you know, there'll be something that I want to do and feel like I can contribute and hopefully, you know, and that can be in a range of other sports or uh, probably the only thing i do like operating at at the high performance end of sport i mean there are all the other levels of sport are really really important but my passion is at the upper end of sport and so i I like working you know at the in the afl i like working at you know in nrl i like working at sort of um you know with with well in the last period of time rugby at international level you know the national level and international level so that's that's sort of where my passion is so we'll, we'll see what we'll see what happens do, do you get an opportunity to sit back every now and then and what and just watch a game and not overanalyze it uh you, you sort of do i mean um trouble is uh when you when you well i guess when you've been involved in it pete for a long period of time yeah, that's um, why i ask yeah yeah i mean yeah you you, 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 you there's, there's no doubt that uh if you watch it as a spectator, uh, you, you'll see you'll see the game differently as distinct. If you watch it as a coach, so there are times when you know, mainly on mainly on TV, I, I make a conscious effort. So I'm still going to sit here and watch this as a spectator, right? Just, uh, but then my mind drifts about. I wonder why that's happening. What would you do? Like a quarter time, what would you be saying to these guys? You've just seen the game unfold, even yeah. though it's on television. Um, you know. So you, you go into coach mode pretty quickly. So, um, but anyway, that's 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 enjoyable for and me to do that. Part of the nature, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's part of the nature of the beast. So that's okay. Yeah. All right. We'll, we will go. We'll finish in our normal way. But I, I will just. Yeah, no, no. I'll, I'll entertain you here a bit, Pete. This, no, let's, go. let's go a few a few of Craigie's famous one-liners. It's better have an empty house than an, and a bad tenant. <laughs> After throwing up when training, when training hard, the, yeah. I love this one. The calipers don't lie. Regards to how hard you train, <laughs> how disciplined you have trained with your diet, yeah. And a fat blow fly, blow fly is a slow blow fly. In other yeah, words, well, get that's, fit, that's your dickhead. Yeah, that's yep. associated with the calipers don't lie. Yes, yes. yes. Yeah. Always known yeah. for his one line is Craggy. Yeah. Now, yeah. so once again, you know. Um, you know, it's, it's interesting if you talk to um, if you talk to guys that played in the era under Dennis Pagan, you know, North Melbourne in yep. particular, uh, they all all they talk about is some of the Pagan's one-liners. You know, so yeah. um, sometimes what you find is a, as a as a head coach, senior coach, you've got to be a bit of a storyteller so um, to get your message across. So, so um, no, that's inter- that's true because I'm, I'm being honest. I've got your article open in front and. It, that is the, the comment which has come back from Rue especially, uh, to some extent from Nathan Bassett as well. Interestingly enough, the West Coast thing was probably Bassett's best offer as well. So you've got you've got that in common with him to have a chat about one day. Yeah. Um, 
and that. So, yeah, on that side of thing. Now, let's go back and see if you give the same answers here, Craigie. Best players you played with? With? Yeah. Oh, Rick Davies. Yeah. Best I played with. Yes, you um, always said that. Yeah, yeah. No, no. Rick was uh, uh, a sensational player, um, particularly for his size and the position he played. Um, but he could just he could just uh, take control of the game and have it eating out of his hand. Um, and probably the best, uh, probably the reason I really say that is because uh, it was close to his last one or two years at Sturt. Uh, he was playing full forward. Yeah, I think just dominated. He, I think he, he I kicked one hundred and fifty three goals. Yeah, one hundred and fifty three. Yep, yep. Like and and Which a lot ridiculous. of those games, Malcolm were on a on a on one leg. Yeah, like, I mean he Crazy. he could just he could just do stuff uh, either in the ruck. Then you got look, you got a ruckman who could who absolutely dominated the game in SNFL. Okay, and I and if he'd gone to Victoria, he would have done something similar. And he mm-hmm. did go to Victoria, but he went a bit he late. Went too but, late. Yeah. Yeah. In terms of total domination, uh, he was still able to hold up. But to to see what he would to do as a ruckman in our comp- in our competition, and then to go to full forward and kick 153 goals, like that's that's just unbelievable. Like, he, and these days, at his height, he's playing midfield too. He's yeah. not he's not rucking well in trellies, but he's yeah. he's shorter than Cripps. Yeah. You know? so. so, I mean, I. Um, I mean, I, I and I've been lucky enough to play with some really, really outstanding players. But he's he's the one that you know when you ask that question, he's the one that comes to my mind for really quickly. So give us some others. Not, you know, give us some others. others yeah, give, give us players. a few others as well. I want to see see if, see on your answers here, Craigie. A few others. A few others that I've yep. played with. Yep. Oh well, I mean, I had Phil Carmen. Yes. <laughs> uh, I had Paul Bagshaw at Sturt. Uh, like just unbelievable what, what what Paul Bagshaw could do. Um, you know, I remember playing in an era against uh, one stage. There was uh, Tony Antrobus, Mark Naley, yeah, John Platten, Tony McGuinness, and who else was there? There was someone else, another little rover. Like it was nightmare stuff yeah. playing against these guys. Um, you know, and they were just uh, just unbelievable players. Um, or Tony McGuinness, yeah. Right? Um, just as a just a just a roving contingent, you play against them week after week. Uh, I mean, Norwood, you had you had guys like Phil Carran, you had uh, Phil Gallagher. Uh, I mean, Winnie in his own way, you know. Um, uh, Greg Turbull yeah. was like Greg Turbull's career was going through the roof until yeah, he had that really bad knee there. injury, and, yeah. and he's still able to come back and play some really quality football. But you know what Greg Turbull could have been. Yes. You know? Uh, and we saw glimpses of of that, um, you know, Michael Aish, and then I, I only mentioned Gary McIntosh. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it just goes on and on. Yeah. So, once again, how lucky was I to play to be able to be either coach or to be able to play? All right, let's guys. see if you give the same answer here, Craig. Well, can I ask? Can I just jump yeah. before you ask Go. this question? What about your state of origin in '86? Was there somebody that you really sort of didn't? Like playing against, not not that they weren't a good guy or anything, but you you just hated playing against them. But you got to play with them and and really thoroughly enjoyed that. Was there anyone from oh, that team that, um, that jumps out at you a little bit? I mean, you know, Kernahan, McDermott, McGinnis. Yeah, well, I mean, Stephen Kernahan was a sensational player, um, and I and, and and to be honest with you, Peter, I mean, I was a very territorial type person, like. Um, uh, 
I, I didn't like opposition players at all. Like, you know, um, and I'm still a bit like that, uh, particularly on game day. I mean, I'm, I'm happy to associate with them afterwards, but not... Yep, <laughs> not white, line, white line fever, yep. <laughs> well, it's, yeah, well, it's not so much... I just think that they were there to compete against them anyway. Yep. Um, so, no, I mean, I... See, once again, you know, uh, that's where you sort of really see up close guys like uh, Johnny Platten, for example, and Stephen Kernahan, uh, Neville Roberts at that stage, you know, was playing State of Origin. Um, you know, and then you play against, you know, you, you, then you play against the Victorian side. I remember standing Neil Danaher at one stage. I was half forward flank and he was half back flank. Um, like, you know, then those end of, end of season games, uh, like Barry Cable, Brent Croswell, yeah. uh, Ross Glendinning in North Melbourne, Malcolm Blight, Keith Gregg, like it's just, it's just unbelievable, like the quality of player that you get exposed to. So I mean, I haven't answered your question, but you know. No, 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 no. Hard, hardest opponent. Let's yeah. see if you give the same answer here because this was one for left field. I wasn't expecting when I... Yeah, I know. I mean, the guy that played South Adelaide... Yes, Michael Bennett. Kenneth? Bennett. Michael Bennett. Bennett. Yeah, Bennett. Michael, Michael Kennett or Bennett? Bennett. Bennett. Yeah. B. No, he's a tough, tough, toughest player I've played against. In yeah, of, incredible. Um, um, always, always, uh, whenever we played South, that was uh, the guy... It was, it was more positional back in those days. Like, you didn't, you know, you weren't all over the ground. So um, uh, I found him a really tough, really tough player to play against. Hey. Any any others that uh, spring to mind? Obviously, um, you know, that that uh, that got under, your, got under your skin a little bit? Not only my skin. I, well, I remember, you know, we're really difficult, uh, a really difficult opponent and a, and a lovely man, um, uh, and unfortunately not with us anymore, but Russell Ebert. Um, yeah. yeah. I remember I was coming through um, uh, and I had to stand Russell a couple of times as a centerman back in those days. And like he was, he was just, uh, he was, he was an athletic guy. He was strong. He was highly skilled. Um, and, but you know, and so you remember all that, mm-hmm. but the biggest thing I remember about Russell Ebert is that for some reason, every time I would play against Port Adelaide, down at Port Adelaide, he made a he made an effort to take me up into their change rooms and be part of their social bit at the end. And there was no reason why he had to do that, but he did. Mm-hmm. You know, and so it's, it's isn't it amazing that he was such an unbelievable player, probably one of the, if not the, the best in the SNFL, you know, even by McGarry medals. But uh, and yet, my memory of Russell is the way he made me feel. No, I, know, actually, I actually totally get that. Um, I got a call and asked to organise someone from Nord for a charity night for a sick youngster, and and I organised Aishi and went along, and Russell was one of the speakers, and Russell came up to me and went, right, here's my number, Malcolm. Anytime you need anything charity-wise, you ring me. Yeah. Four times I rang him, four times he delivered. And, yeah. you know, I didn't know him. That night, yeah. it just came bang straight up to me. Right, this is what you're doing, and yeah, I bugger how good he was at football. That's yeah. where he was incredible. Yeah, yeah. So I, I have a special memory for Russell. Um, as I said, only because of the way he made me feel. Yep. And you know, he made me feel valued. He made me feel special. He made 
you know, he was he took me took me into his environment, you know, and that was that was back when I was playing at Nord. Like that's a Norwood port, like that's yeah. that's unheard of. Yeah. And yet he he had the capacity to do that. So um it was uh, you know, sensational. We'll we'll get you out of here on this one, uh, unless Malcolm's got any Now Chris's Chris's support over the journey, just quickly, yeah, Craigie. Good good call. Oh well the family support's huge. Um yeah. and your kids. Yep. Yeah, the whole thing that that the whole family aspect of it is um is is really, really important, particularly when you I mean, there's, there's a playing side of things, and then, of course, uh, the extension of it is when you go into coaching. Um, and the, the coaching one is much more difficult from a, from a family perspective um, because of well, just, uh, just uh, the, the, the responsibility of the job that you've got. And so I've been really lucky in that space, uh, Malcolm and Peter, because it, there's, been, there's been support there without being... Um, for that, without them being uh, totally absorbed by the sport, so yeah. they've, if you know what I mean, like they've, yep. they've been there, they've been supportive, but it hasn't been their life, and it and it and it's and it's been really healthy for me, um, because it's, it's a tendency to make it your life, um, but it, I mean, it, don't get me wrong, they've, they've, they've been interested, they would go to the sport, they would uh, to be there supportive, but um, they had other things in their lives as well, um, so. Uh, there was a really good balance there for me to come home to a household where there you know, it wasn't all footy again, you know. Yeah. It was um, there's a whole range of other stuff going on. So, um, but uh, and I've also seen the opposite of that where the the the, the family unit's been totally involved in it, and sometimes sometimes you know it's been really good, but there's also been that that can be a bit of a disaster as well yeah. because it just becomes too much, uh, particularly when things are tough. It becomes really difficult, um, but no, um, you know, you, you can't do it unless you've got the support. All right, we'll get you out, of, get to you out of here on this one, mate. Um, favorite players you like? Just keeping an eye on these days. Is there there are a few floating around in the AFL that you just keep your eye on every now and then? Um, well, I mean, I've got I've got great fond memories of. And they're, and they're not not obviously playing anymore, but um, you sort of follow them because uh, you know when I coach when I coach the Adelaide Footy Club, uh, I was I mean once again how lucky was I to be able to have access to a Rashudo, a Goodwin, hmm. uh, Edwards, McLeod, uh, Ben Hart. Um, it goes on and on. So. Um, I mean, obviously, when when I finished and later, you you follow those through, and, and some 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 finished anyway. Uh, but then it's, it's sort of you having uh, my time at Gold Coast. I really I really enjoyed my time at Gold Coast um, because there was some really like exceptional young talent coming through there, you know, and 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 guys like, for example, there is Matty this year Rowell, as well, yeah, Matty Rowell and say Noah Anderson, for example. Two quality young men, like absolute quality. You wait um, till you see Walter this year too, Craigie. Yeah. Okay. Oof, yeah. Well, I, I'm I'm talking about these guys yeah. actually in, yep. in their character. Yep. Okay. Uh, and in their capacity to lead and whatever, as well as their playing ability. And so you know, you when you've when you've sort of been exposed to those that sort of person for a little period, you, you do sit back and, and you yeah. 
whilst you're not directly involved anymore, like you, you do have an interest just to see how they're going um, and, and just keep an eye on what's going on. And it's the same, it's the same with some of the, um, the rugby guys, you know, of England that I, I'd spent sort of six or seven years with uh, in the, in the, in just the latest world cup that's happened, you know, they were in the playing off the third position. And so you, there was some, you know, there's three or four guys that you get quite close to Yeah, that you're watching them from afar, you know, on the other side of the world. So uh, you're right. I mean, the, I mean, you don't watch them all, but there are, there are certain ones and for, for a range of different reasons mm. why you have that connection um, and you watch them and you, and so I show you should. And, and yeah, enjoy absolutely, it, you know? yeah. and yeah. that's yeah. That's why I put the question to you that uh, yeah. now that you've stepped away from some of those roles that you you do keep a bit of an eye on yeah. a couple yeah. of them as you go along, and and obviously wish them the absolute best, and uh, yeah, they'll yeah. cross your pa- path I, I again text, at some stage. I sent a text the other day, and I'm happy to share this. I, I sent a text the other day to a guy called Ben Youngs. Now Ben Youngs has played more more has got more caps than anyone else in the history of England rugby. I think it's about 127 caps or something like that. Um, you know that's a huge feat. Yeah. So in the history of the game over there, and he he played his last game in the in the in the game just gone by yep. from England, and so I mean I and I spent a lot of time with Ben and I had a lot of fun with him. He's got he's got a great personality and whatever. So immediately when you when you find out that that's his last game, like you, know, you can't wait to get onto the WhatsApp and just send him a text. You know, congratulate yep. him on his career and what he's done and whatever, because you have that that you have that connection. Connection. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's that's all part of the joy of which you, you get out of sport, you know. Absolutely. Hey, Craigie, greatly appreciated your time. Always love chatting to you. Always li- listen and learn. Fascinating as always. Greatly appreciated, Neil Passmore, oh, Craig. Good on you. Thanks, guys. Thanks, thanks, Pete, and thanks, Malcolm. Thank you, Neil. And it's been a good opportunity to have a chat, eh? Absolutely. Hopefully you don't have to edit too much out of it. Mike. No, I don't think I will, that's for sure. We've actually covered pretty much everything that we wanted to cover tonight and um, – Absolutely loved it. So thank you okay. once again for your time. Thanks, Craigie. Thanks, Thanks Craigie. See you, boys. Bye. Thank you. Bye. And once again, we thank Neil Craig for his time there. And, um, yeah, like we did say a little bit earlier that uh, that the interview did go for a little bit longer and we did split it up, obviously, to make it a bit more manageable for everybody uh, into three parts. And just his progression, obviously, into coaching, uh, we talked about in episode two there and then moving on to the Crows and then on to the English um, – Rugby side was fascinating and with the, the Olympics. And the cycling yeah. of the Olympics and the relationship with Charlie Walsh. And, yeah, it's it's certainly a really full lot. And you could have kept going for hours with Neil. So, Absolutely. Yeah. And we thank him once again. Happy days. I'll kick off happy days with happy birthday this week to William Hamill uh, from the Adelaide Crows. Defender drafted in 2017. He's recruited by the Crows with pick 30 in the national draft. Sorry, in 2018 national draft. Hamill represented Victoria Country at the AFL Under-18 Championships. He also played with the Dandenong Stingrays in the NAB League for two seasons. He debuted for the Crows in a 53-point loss against Gold Coast Suns in the third round of the 2020 season. A defender. Yeah, look, I've got a fair bit of time for Will. He's just been really unlucky with concussion and real debatable. Look, he's been delisted and be promised to be a rookie, rookie drafted again. You can argue, and Cornsy's probably you know, pretty succinct on that, mm-hmm. whether that's correct side of things and whether it's exploitation. Yeah, 
that's debatable. Yep. We'd all love to be on an AFL list. So, but I just wish Will all the best. That's more important. Had the pleasure of uh, being with his father at a couple of the SNFL finals last year. So, yeah, wish Will all the best. Yep. Happy birthday to him this week. Yes. Hopefully he gets to enjoy 22, 23 years of age mm. this week. I think this is going to be his year. Let's, let's, he's going to get a good opportunity. Oh, look, I he think. can play. It's not the ability. It's the, is it, it's been, so many concussions and he's probably one more away. And yep. so we just need him to have some luck. And if luck follows him, I'm sure he'll be in the AFL side. Absolutely. All right, we move on to tennis 1991. An All-American final. Pete Sampras wins his, wins his first of five ATP Tour World Championships. Tennis titles with a 3-6-7-6-6-3-6-4 victory over Jim Courier in Frankfurt, Germany. Yeah, look, one of the all-time greats. Um, Sam Press, he's certainly in the ballpark discussion for one. And, of course, Jim Courier, we all respect him and all that, probably as much for his commentary as, as tennis. You know, I think Very insightful. Yeah, he's fantastic. Absolutely. And uh, Jim Courier there uh, through the uh, mid-'90s went through a, a bit of a purple patch and uh, obviously winning two Australian Opens and famous for jumping into the era. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> Survived the era. Well played. He did. All right, we move on to car racing. 1960, Australian driver Jack Brabham finishes fourth in the season-ending USA Grand Prix at Riverside Raceway to retain his F1 World Drivers Championship by nine points from Bruce McLaren of New Zealand. He's still the one we think of, isn't he? You still think of Jack Brabham, you know, and that, pushing his car to get its start thing over the line. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's... Long time ago and all that, but he's still still for forefront, and that's yeah one of the all time greats and yeah massively respected in the car racing industry is Absolute, probably the best way of putting it. Absolutely, and obviously uh, with his success, you know we're hoping for Ricardo and Piastri to have their success so they can uh, take that mantle over from uh, Brabham as well. But you're right, he is the one that we all look to. All right, we move on to the Olympics. We're going way back, way back now in 1906. London was selected to host the 1908 Olympics. Yeah, I missed that one, mate. Didn't get, didn't get to that one. <laughs> so did I. Uh, yeah. Unfortunately, uh, tickets were hard to come yeah. by yeah. <laughs> in all forms. Uh, and a little bit of fun to finish off with, uh, with 1902. This week in 1902, cycling, Jeff Lefebvre. Henry, I reckon. Yeah, yeah. Henry. Yep. Henry Destarange create the Tour de France bicycle race. Again, yeah. hard to get tickets for. Yeah, and wow. You've got to say that is probably the most cycling. That is the numero uno tick box event in cycling. And that one, when that one came across my uh, my desk there, nineteen oh two. That's a fair way back for a, a sport that has now become one of the bucket list items oh, for a lot of people. Is, yeah. And you look at the Australian summer with the tour down under, and you realise how far uh, that event has come. And those guys really started it off. Yeah, no, massive, massive uh, tick on that one. Let's get into the good, big finish. Extra time. Big finish. Kick off with baseball. Adelaide looking to go back-to-back. Host the Brisbane Bandits here at West Beach in Adelaide this weekend. Yeah, the start of the season. So, we, you know... We always any any Adelaide team wins it wins a championship. We celebrate. We claim. We jump aboard that very quickly. Uh, so um, yeah, 
wish them all the best for the upcoming season. Absolutely. Looking to go back-to-back, which would be amazing considering it took them so long to win one. Mm. They look like they've recruited fairly well with a bit of depth and experience with some overseas players to sort of complement some of the local talent as well. It does seem to be on the surface, so yeah. Interesting to see, yeah. Interesting to see how these things gel. Uh, but players often move around and play in different leagues all the time. It's yeah. just a matter of you doing your job and doing it to the best of your ability. And we wish the um, Adelaide Giants uh, a good season. And I might try and get down to a couple of games. Yeah. I reckon. Yep. All right, Lawn Bowls, this one's in my wheelhouse yeah, a little bit. Yeah, that's you, Pete. <laughs> BPL 18 has started at Club Pine Rivers up on the sunny Gold Coast. The first couple of days have been completed. Uh, Adelaide have a bit of work to do after a bit of a tough opening few days. So we wish the Adelaide Pioneers the best of luck. But they have been in this situation before where the first couple of days have been a bit scratchy, sort of finding their feet a little bit, and then they sort of just scrape into the finals and then go quite well. So I'm hoping that uh, this year is like most years in that uh, they find themselves hopefully at the business end at the end of the week. No Matthews, no South Australia is my opinion, mate. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, yeah, I'm a bit out out yes. of uh, play at the moment. So um, best of luck to the Adelaide Pioneers. All right, yep. car racing Adelaide 500 arrives in Adelaide yes. next week. Yep, the road closures and all that will be going full bore. But, yeah, exciting for South Australia and, look, massive tick again for Peter Melanowskis for, my, for mine to get it back and back here, back where it should be. And, yep. yeah. Look, it's one of the best street circuits in the yeah. world. It's It's been um, told many, many times that it's one of the best street yep. circuits going around. And uh, you're right, getting it back to the, the streets of Adelaide is fantastic. Obviously, yep. the bend has its place as well. Yep. But uh, there's just... Something about the the street circuit, yeah, all right, the road closures and yeah, everything so that goes along with it. Um, but, geez, it's a great event. But it gets Adelaide live, you know. A person walks out of it and bang, they're into the East End, the restaurants and, you know, so it's it's a really important thing on business side of things and you know, a lot of businesses with COVID especially, mm-hmm. you know, so that next week then they're flat out, every business basically oh. in East End. So, you know, that's where... I think people against it don't really think the whole picture. South Australian drivers Todd Hazelwood and Scott Pye will both be racing their final supercars race as full-time drivers at their home yeah. track. So thought I'd add that one in there yeah, as a little bit of a, flavor. a South yep. Australian flavour and yep. um, we wish them the best this weekend. Before we move off of that there, Live Golf was also announced yes. as well, um, talking about hotels and restaurants yep. and, and events you've got. The, the supercars, the gather round, and the live golf. Three big ticks as far as sporting events go, and three big events that sell out pretty much for every hotel. Yep. Restaurants are bustling. The city is going completely nuts, and obviously the regions are benefiting from it as well. So we'll talk a little bit more about the yeah. live golf next well, week, but I did want to sort of bring yeah, that up as chase part up of Nick Haslam as well on that one. Absolutely. So I've been meaning to do that for a while. Absolutely. Uh, NFL, the Eagles, the Chiefs and the Ravens look like the front runners at this stage after round 10. Believe it or not, there's only 91 days until the Super Bowl, uh, which is going to be hosted in Las Vegas, Vegas yeah. which is going to be a huge event. Huge event. Yep. Uh, as you said, well and truly the hottest ticket. Good luck on that one. Absolutely. Uh, I don't think I'm going to get there. No, and, uh, no, I'm confident I won't be there. Mate. Uh, but enjoying it on a Monday morning has always been a, a favourite pastime uh, when it is played. All right, we move on to basketball. I've given up on the 36ers. I can't predict what they're going to do from week to week. 
I will say this. Wilds and I actually spoke about the 36 on Saturday night. Whatever they're doing, there's one thing you've got to give them and basketball, a massive tick. The Adelaide 36ers, let's be honest, have struggled. You can say they've stunk mm-hmm. for a long time. They've struggled. Sell out and crowds. Yet, yeah, the crowd-wise things on what basketball are managing to do and it's consistent is incredible. And I think there's probably other sports that have got to go, hang on, what are they doing? And what are they doing right? What can we do to mm-hmm. modify? And that's where you've got to give basketball the massive tick. Absolutely. Um, Adelaide seems to have the talent. They seem to have the coaching stuff, but not getting the results. Mm. Um, frustrating from my point of view, but look, they're my Jekyll and Hyde team of, of the year at the moment. I did talk during the footy season that Fremantle were a little bit of that Jekyll yeah. and Hyde side. I think Adelaide 36ers have to be put into that category as well. I just can't quite pick up what they're doing, but like you said, they're still getting oh. crowds of eight, 9,000 yeah. uh, at the entertainment centre and, and doing quite well. And, yeah, that is the hottest ticket in town at, well, at times. Well, considering they've struggled now for, for probably at least the last five, probably towards the last ten years, really, and yet it's a huge ticket item is, again... Big tick. Yeah, that's the massive one. All right, and to finish off today, mate, uh, the good, the bad, the ugly, we'll kick off with the good. I'll go the Redbacks getting up. Yep. Like, let's be honest, as a, as a <laughs> South Australian cricket nut, uh, yep. yes, I'm one of those weird people who go to Shield games. Um, yeah, that was great. Bad was I'll go the Adelaide AFLW. That was was disappointing. Not so much bad. Just it was just 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 didn't quite click and gel. And yep. So that was probably disappointing. Not not so much ugly, but just disappointing. Yep. And you're ugly. I've got to. I have to concentrate. Come up with couple of people to bag next week. Uh, <laughs> My good for the week was probably the uh, the, the Live Golf and the uh, Gather yep. Round being announced. Yes. Uh, two big events. Obviously, hospitality and hotel industry would be loving the fact that that's all locked in now. Yep. Dates are locked in. They can start planning around that. My my bad for the week, a little bit like you, I, I expected the Crows and, and Brisbane to be a bit of a tight game, but some of their passages of play left me scratching my head at times. And my ugly for the week has probably been the 36ers. Unfortunately, I can't say anything positive that I really want to give them the benefit of the doubt. But unfortunately, um, a bit like United, didn't quite get the job done. I want to give a tick to Conway from Brisbane. Uh, had the pleasure of just when I started having a chat on Sunday Arvo. Mm-hmm. And I said, oh, I'm from Brisbane. I said, oh, how long are you down for, mate? He said, well, I actually just came down for the AFLW game. My daughter plays for Brisbane. Yep. And I said, oh, well, I happen to be doing the scoreboard, mate. So he, and he showed me a clip and that. And look, one, I actually, once I saw the picture, I actually said, well, I'm not bullshitting you, mate. I, I thought she was probably best on ground mm-hmm. on that. And look, it was, it was also uh, John showed me a clip um his wife is no longer with us. They've died of cancer and that. And he sort of not really sure what to say here. And I just said, "Look, no worries, mate. Appreciate yep. you being honest." And yep. yeah, so all the best to Brisbane in that way. With yeah, and as I said, it was a pleasure to meet John. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, mate. We'll uh, we'll wrap up this week's episode. We uh, once again thank Neil Craig for his time uh, over the last couple of weeks in being able to split that interview up. Yep. Obviously a new interview with somebody next week. Yep. We'll see uh, who's on the dance card and we'll we'll obviously get that one up and running. Yep. But as per usual, mate, we promise to do better. Thanks, mate. Thanks, mate. 
In this crazy world we live in, we all need the distraction. Enjoying the show? Like, rate, and subscribe. Hook up and connect with us on social media at SportsCast SA. We'll see you next time on Game On.